Hi, it's Mark Weiss. Before we begin, I want to let you know that my newest book, The Medical Group Governance Matrix, is now available at Amazon.com in both hard copy and Kindle formats. It's also available for you free of charge on the homepage of my firm's website, advisorylawgroup.com. And now, on with the podcast. In a recent set of go-rounds with the Department of Justice, the so-called company model of anesthesia services took a major hit. One alleged co-conspirator, Jonathan Deitch, a physician, agreed to a $1.718 million civil settlement, and another, Michael Fry, pled guilty in a criminal prosecution. Dr. Fry appears to be a cooperating witness against other alleged co-conspirators. A quick refresher. In its most direct form, the company model involves the formation by surgeon owners of an ASC of an anesthesia services company to provide all of the anesthesia services for the center. But there's nothing inherently anesthesia about the setup. The same issues apply in other referrer-controlled structures, such as in the relationship between a dermatologist and controlled pathologists. This model has long been regarded either as a blatant violation of the federal anti-kickback statute or, by others, mostly surgeons, as a perfectly proper way of doing business. The latter viewpoint appears to be crumbling under a million-dollar-plus settlement and the prospect of years in federal prison. The combined facts of the settled civil case against Dr. Deitch and the guilty plea in the criminal case against Dr. Fry included allegations that the two surgeons received kickbacks via an entity called Anesthesia Partners. That was an anesthesia company owned by those two physicians. Deitch, an interventional pain management specialist, and Fry, a physiatrist and pain medicine physician, were also co-owners of their professional practice, Advanced Pain Management Specialists, located in Fort Myers, Florida. Anesthesia Partners was the exclusive provider of anesthesia services for advanced pain. Anesthesia Partners contracted with CRNAs to provide the anesthesia services. These CRNAs were paid a contracted rate. Anesthesia Partners then billed Medicare and TRICARE directly for the anesthesia services they provided. Deitch and Fry shared in the profits. The U.S. attorney alleged that Deitch's ownership in Anesthesia Partners and the remuneration he received through that ownership interest induced him to refer his patients for anesthesia services to his entity, Anesthesia Partners. Although there's less information available as to Dr. Fry, he pled guilty in connection with what appears to have been a packaged deal. Never formally indicted, the U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Florida filed both the information, that is the set of criminal charges, against Fry and his signed plea deal on the same day. Technically, Fry pled guilty to two counts of conspiracy to receive healthcare kickbacks, one having to do with kickbacks related to durable medical equipment, and the other to kickbacks related to prescriptions for compounded pain creams. However, as a part of the deal, 
the government agreed not to prosecute him for kickbacks relating to his ownership of that anesthesia company, Anesthesia Partners. These results are entirely consistent with the OIG's position in Advisory Opinion 12-06. In that opinion, the OIG stated that there was no safe harbor available in respect of distributions that the surgeons would receive from their anesthesia company. Even if the safe harbor for payment to employees applied, or if the safe harbor for personal services contracts applied, those safe harbors would protect payments to the anesthesia providers, but they would not apply to the company model profits that would be distributed to the surgeons, and such remuneration would be prohibited under the anti-kickback statute if one purpose of the remuneration is to generate or reward referrals for anesthesia services. The failure to qualify for a safe harbor does not automatically render an arrangement a violation of the anti-kickback statute. As a result, Advisory Opinion 1206 then turned to an analysis pursuant to the 2003 Special Advisory Bulletin on Suspect Joint Ventures and found that the physician owners of the proposed company model entity would be in almost the exact same position as the suspect joint venture described in the bulletin, that is, in a position to receive indirectly what they cannot legally receive directly, a share of the anesthesia fees in return for referrals. The results in the Deitch and Fry cases are also entirely consistent with the OIG's position in Advisory Opinion 13-15. Disclosure, I was the counsel to the requester of that opinion. That opinion centered on a proposed arrangement in which a psychiatry group performing ECT procedures at a hospital would capture the difference between the amount it collected for anesthesia to ECT patients and the per diem rate it would pay to the anesthesia provider. The OIG found that the proposed arrangement would not qualify for protection under the AKS's safe harbor for personal services and management contracts. That safe harbor protects only payments made by a principal, the psychiatry group, to an agent, the anesthesia group. No safe harbor would protect the remuneration the anesthesia group would provide to the psychiatry group by way of the discount between the per diem rate their group would receive and the amount that the psychiatry group would actually collect. Because, again, failure to comply with a safe harbor doesn't render an arrangement per se illegal, the OIG in Opinion 13-15 then analyzed whether, given the facts, their proposed arrangement would pose no more than a minimal risk under the anti-kickback statute. The OIG flatly stated that the proposed arrangement appears to be designed to permit the psychiatry group to do indirectly what it cannot do directly, that is, to receive compensation in the form of a portion of the anesthesia group's revenues in return for the psychiatry group's referral of patients to the anesthesia group for anesthesia services. The OIG concluded that the proposed arrangement could potentially generate prohibited remuneration under the AKS and that the OIG would impose administrative sanctions in connection with the proposed arrangement. In other words, the OIG declined to approve the arrangement. Advisory Opinions 1209 and 1315 
and now the civil settlement by Dr. Dage and the guilty plea entered by Dr. Fry in his criminal prosecution demonstrate a fact lost to many when discussing company model deals. They generally do not fit into an available safe harbor, either the personal services and management contract safe harbor or the employment safe harbor. Not only is this because payment is not set in advance and will vary with the value or volume of referrals, but even more fundamentally, because those safe harbors apply only to payments from the principal to the agent, not to payments in the form of the discount, which is remuneration from the agent to the principal. Physicians and CRNAs currently engaged in company model deals would be well advised to immediately obtain counsel to reevaluate their relationships in light of these new developments. One more thing before you go. Make sure that you catch every episode of the Wisdom Applied podcast by subscribing online at www.advisorylawgroup.com. While you're there, don't forget to check out our other complimentary educational materials. They're all free. They're there for your benefit. So take advantage of it.